Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. As we are continuing um, mini-series, I guess you'd say, uh, leading up to the big Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, preaching on the gospel, and it's all from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse 1. The Bible says this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved. If ye keep in memory which I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. That He was buried, and He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. And after that He was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. You remember from last week as we started with the gospel, you remember, how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, that we are called to preach the gospel. The gospel is to be preached. And how beautiful, remember from Romans chapter 10, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So it's important, it's important that we preach it. It's important that we preach the gospel. That's how the world is going to hear it. (laughs) By us opening our mouths and 
you know, telling the world what I believe is the, you, the greatest news that could ever be told. The best deal in town, if you will. It's, uh, it's great. Uh, but we have to open our mouths and preach it. That was last week. But now, this week, we're going to talk about the gospel being received. Being received. And so, uh, we read this passage, but I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and read this and how they kind of blend together here. Ephesians chapter 1, kind of form our outline this morning. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says this. In whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth. And I always think of this verse like, like this. That you hear it. Again, going back to last week. You have to preach it. Right? Why? So that the world can hear it. The gospel. But let me ask you this question. Everyone that hears the gospel... Are they saved? That's, that's not true, is it? Is everyone that hears the good news, the gospel, are they transformed? Are they promised eternal life? Are they promised uh, complete forgiveness of sins, justified? Everyone that hears it? No, that's not how it works. And so he says that they heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye what? Believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. And when I read that passage there, and I read 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, I have the same, same sort of outline from that about receiving the gospel. And one is you have to hear it. Then you believe it. Then you receive it. And you are sealed at that moment. First Corinthians says that's what we stand on. And so I'm, you know, what we stand on, what we believe in, what we trust in, what, and how we're sealed. I'm seeing that as kind of the same thing. So you put your faith, you hear the word of God, and you believe it, you trust it, you put your faith in it, and you receive something. You receive the Holy Spirit of promise. And that's the miracle of the gospel. That is the miracle of the gospel. Is that when someone puts their faith and trust and believes it, they receive something. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make this morning. Is that when you truly believe, you receive. Um, Jesus, when he was here on earth and preached, he, his desired response to his preaching or his teaching was faith, was to believe. I'll give you a verse for that. Mark 1, 14 and 15. The Bible says this. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and what? Believe the gospel. When Peter preached, he wanted belief in the gospel. Acts fifteen seven. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us 
that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. There are so many examples uh, in the Bible of Paul's preaching. When Paul preached, when he preached the good news of Jesus Christ, when he preached the gospel, you know what he expected? Belief. That was the desired response is to believe, to put your faith in the gospel. We think of um, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And I go to that story a lot because it's, it's wonderful. When he was seeking uh, the truth, when he was seeking uh, God, Philip used the book of Isaiah, the Bible says, and he preached to him Jesus. And that's the gospel. He preached to him the death, burial, and resurrection. He died for our sins. He fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy to die for our sins. That's what Philip preached to the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch says, what does hinder me to be baptized? Like, what's stopping me from being baptized? And Philip says, you know, you must have been born again before baptism means anything. Like, baptism is just getting wet without salvation. So he says, you must what? I'll read it. Acts 8, 37. And Philip said, if thou believest. And I like this. With all thine heart. We're going to get into that in a second. With all thine heart thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they went down in the water and he got baptized. Isn't that good? Can I tell you this? Hearing. And let me just say this about the gospel. The gospel is glorious. I mean, it is powerful. It's the power of God. But just hearing the glorious gospel is not enough to save you. You must believe it. You must put your faith and trust into it. That's how salvation happens. That's the miracle of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says this, but if our gospel be hid, we don't want to hide the gospel, do we? You know, the little kid song we sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know, this little light of mine, hide it under a bushel. No, No. yeah, I'm going to let it shine. We don't want the gospel hid. But here he says, if the gospel is hid, it's hid from them that are lost in whom the God The devil, small g, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which what? Believe not. You say, "How how do I stay in darkness? How do I, how do I stay lost? How am I blinded to the truth? Believe not. Believe not the gospel. He says, list the light of the glorious gospel. Of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. It's hid from them that believe not. It's not hid from them that have heard not. It's hid from them that believe not. Those that have heard but will not believe. Put their faith and trust in it. Their mind is blind. They're lost. Hebrews 4.2 says it like this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So they heard it, but it wasn't mixed with faith, meaning we didn't believe it. 
We didn't put our faith in it. We didn't trust it. This is the key, isn't it? Faith in Christ. Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the gospel, the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the ascension of Christ. You know, it's important that we know the gospel, what it is, what it means. And so uh, I'm kind of picking on these guys. They're not here. But yesterday, some teenagers showed up at the pond fishing. And uh, start, I went over, and you guys know my thing about the pond. If they're going to come fishing the pond, I'm going to witness to them. I'm going to talk to them about the Lord. This is just my deal in my mind. So there's three of them, and they all, they all said, I started talking to them, and, and they all said, yeah, we've been you know, born and raised Catholic and gone to Catholic school our whole life, uh, private school. And I said, uh, I said, you know, that's interesting. I said, I am, I am, uh, I'm preaching about the gospel tomorrow. I said, you guys know what the gospel is? And all three of them said, yeah. Really confident. Yeah. I said, what is it? And they all three are like. (laughs) They all started looking at each other. And one was there all wanting each one to answer for the other one. I said, you guys don't know what the gospel is, do you? And I was picking out. I give them a hard time. I said, what if your teachers found this? All this hard work they put into you. Right? I'm picking on them a little bit. But I got to share with them the gospel. And the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's plain and simple. He died for. That's why I keep going back. He said, are you going to go back to 1 Corinthians 15? Uh, yeah, for the next couple of weeks. Why? Because if we all know that, we all should know that. I declare unto you the gospel. We should all know what it is. Plain and simple. And it doesn't take years and years of Christian education. It takes reading that verse right there. Just read it and we'll know it. What is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That he died for our sins. Born and raised again. I invited all those boys to come to church this morning. And if they were here, I wouldn't have done that. So I wouldn't have brought it up to them. Anyhow. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. that's That's what their story was. The life of Christ. That he was born. His life. That he lived a sinless life. That he... Died for our sins. And we call them the evangelists. Why? Because their whole purpose was to preach the gospel. To put the gospel out to the world. And the purpose of them putting the gospel out was, John said it simply. He said in John 20, verse 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might, what? Believe. That Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. And that believing, you might have life through his name. So John said, I wrote this gospel. I wrote this book so that you would believe. That's the response to the gospel. And that believing, when you respond to the gospel, the evidence of it is what? You receive something. Eternal life. There's a transaction that happens. And I, and I don't want to like split hairs, but we're diving a little bit into the gospel over the next couple weeks here. So, and I don't want you to walk away thinking I added a step to receiving Christ to the gospel. But hear me out for a second. I don't want to overcomplicate this. But here's the thing. There's a lot that would say that I believe in God. That I believe in heaven. I believe God created. I believe that... Jesus died on the cross. They'd go that far, right? I believe all those things. 
But does that mean that you've been born again? You see what I'm saying? There is, a, there is a, and I, again, I'm not trying to add a step to this, but there must be evidence. There must be evidence of it in your life. I think that there's a, it's, a, it's a whole different thing to say that I've been born again, that I've received Christ as my Savior, as to say, yeah, I believe that there's a God. I think it's obvious that there's a God. There must be a creator, right? There must be a creator. I think there's more than that, that there's more. You know, I think if we're not careful, we can oversimplify it. Again, I told you I'm not trying to overcomplicate it. But I, I think there's a danger of oversimplifying it like this. Let's say it like this. Do you believe that there's a God? Yes. Good. Then you're saved. Well, no. That's, that's not quite it, is it? The Bible says in James 2 and verse 19, Thou believest that there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. In other words, your religion is about as good as the devil's at that point. You believe that there's a God? Well, that's, that's it. That's good. So does the devil. Right? So there's more to it, isn't there? And again, I'm not trying to add, add to this, but I believe that when Jesus Christ was here on earth, that any one of the Jewish people that he dealt with, that he preached to, all of them, you know what? Every one of them would have believed that there was one God. If Jesus would have asked them, they would have told them, sure, there's one God, one creator. They would have believed all that. But yet they didn't believe that Jesus Christ was God. That made all the difference, didn't it? They crucified him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't put their faith in him. And so you can believe, but have you received? Have you received Christ as your Savior? Do you know that? Is there evidence of that? Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Familiar passage says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. You don't work for righteousness. You believe for righteousness. You believe in the gospel for righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But here's what's interesting here. He says with the mouth, he says, and with your heart, you believe with your mouth and with your heart. I believe that you have to, the whole, your whole being has to put your faith and trust in Christ. Meaning your, your head and your heart, your head and your heart have to, have to agree that I am trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Not just lip service. That's my point. I believe, so I'm good. I believe in God. I'm a good person. I believe Jesus died on the cross, right? So is the devil. That's what James is saying. So is, so is the devil. And so when Jesus talked to the Jewish people who believed in one God and believed in the creator God and, and all those sort of things, you know what he said to them? You are of your father, the devil. That's what he said to them, the Pharisees. You say, what's the difference? They hadn't received they hadn't received, they hadn't believed to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope I'm not confusing this. The last thing I want to do is to try to add a step to the gospel. But I'm here to tell you that there is a lot of folks that give lip service to God that have not been born again. There's a lot. 
They give lip service and, and say, I believe, I believe, but they've never truly trusted Christ as their Savior and been born again, their whole heart, their whole mind. There's a transformation that happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ that you can say that Jesus is my God, my Savior, my Redeemer, my sacrifice. When you recognize that He is, He took my place, that He died for my sins. There's a difference when you trust in Christ and Him alone for those things. This is receiving Jesus Christ. We say that. Have you received Christ? Meaning, have you put your faith in Him and something's happened? There's a transaction that has happened. Something happens when you believe the gospel. And I don't think that this is like a step one, step two. As, you, as we go on here, I believe that this all happens at once. This is like a boom. You believe with all of your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus and you receive and you are sealed at that moment. It's all one thing, but has that ever happened? There's a transaction where God imparts. He gives you something. When you believe, He imparts eternal life. By the way, when, when, when we read it in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said in verse 1 that he declares the gospel, which ye have what? Received. And Paul also says that in verse 3, which I also have received. And so I know this sounds simple, but before you can preach the gospel, before you can truly preach the gospel, you have to have it. Meaning you have to have received it. We, we mentioned this last week um, about Paul. He said he was a debtor to preach the gospel, didn't he? Why was he a debtor to preach the gospel? Because he had what? Received it. God had given it to him. And so when he had received it, then therefore he needed to give it away. And so once you've received the gospel, you know what begins to be evident in our hearts and lives? I need to give it away. I need to give this out. But the first thing is you have to have received it first. Paul said, hey, you received it. I received it. It's the gospel. The gospel. You say, what's evidence of our salvation? John chapter 7, verse 37. The Bible says this. But this spake he, Jesus, of the Spirit, that they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. You know what he's saying? After Jesus Christ had died, buried, rose again, ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the comforter. He sent, he sent our teacher. And he said that our teacher would live inside of us. That he would dwell in us. That he would be in our hearts. And that is something that you receive. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. Is that when you truly believe, you receive the Holy Spirit of God. And this starts to clear things up. Because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And when God moves inside your heart, you know it. Someone that is truly born again and saved. Someone that has received the gospel. Not just believed, but received. And again, I'm not trying to add a step. 
but you couldn't talk them out of it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside. No longer is it based on your opinion or my opinion or anybody else's opinion. God lives in me. The Holy Spirit entered into me when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I received something. Faith has evidence after it's put to practice. You receive it by believing. By works? No, not by works. By believing. It's evidence of true faith that you've received something, that you've received something. Something is given. Something is imparted. There's a transaction that happens by faith. I believe the gospel. I believe in God, someone may say. But here's the question you have to ask yourself. Have I received Christ? Have I received the Holy Spirit? You say, what, what, would be, what would be evidence of the Holy Spirit? Well, I heard the kids, uh, I heard the kids were, learned this on Wednesday night in, uh, in Kids Club. There's fruit of the Spirit. There's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. These things that start coming as a result of God in you. There's a, you know... Praising God is something, singing songs to the Lord, being able to just, there's, there's a draw to talk to God in prayer. You say, where does that come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit inside of us. There's a new birth, a new person has come about. Why? The Holy Spirit inside of us. Again, there's evidence of this. There's evidence of this. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7, the Bible says this. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. So that's, a different, that's different than saying, I believed, isn't it? I believed in God. What did He say? As ye have received Christ Jesus Meaning he's, he is mine and I am his. We are one through salvation, through the gospel. You say, how was it that, how was it that I received Christ Jesus? How was it? Let's make it simple. How could a person receive Christ Jesus? By grace through faith. By faith. And so how am I supposed to continue to live my Christian life? By faith. In his grace. The same way I received him. He says, rooted and built up in him, established in the face as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So once you've received Christ, once you've been born again, you know what happens? There's, a, there's, a, there's life. There's roots. And then after the roots, there's what? Fruits. There's evidence of a transaction that's happened. Again, I'm not trying to complicate this, but I do believe that in some cases this has been oversimplified. You believe in God? You believe in the, the, the Christ died on the cross? Yes, yes. Oh, you're, you're good then. Well, have you totally put your faith in the gospel? And have you received salvation? Have you received? Only you can answer that. But you should answer that. We should answer that question. How? By faith. 
by faith in Christ Jesus. You know what Paul says to believers? He says, Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? In other words, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, if you've been born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Our bodies now become the temple of God. They become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so that's, there's evidence of that. You've received something. So this leads to the fourth, fourth point. Fourth and final point. So you hear the gospel. Christ died for your sins. You've buried, rose again the third day, and he's alive forevermore. Right? So you believe it. And when you believe it with all of your being, when your mind and your heart agree and you believe that, you receive salvation. You receive eternal life. You receive the Holy Spirit. That's the third point. The fourth is, that's what you stand on. You're sealed. In other words, this is our assurance. This is our hope. We have hope of eternal life. This is what we believe in. This is what we stand on. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, wherein ye, what? Stand. He said, this is what you believe. And when you received it, you, you, you were saved. And that is what we as Christians stand on. We stand on the gospel. He said, you got to take a stand. you got to take a stand. I believe we do have to. We as believers, we as Christians need to take a stand. But take a stand on what? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our assurance. This is our hope. This is our eternal hope. Paul made that clear to the Galatians. In Galatia, the church of Galatia, there was those that had come in and they would have perverted the gospel. They were adding to it. They were changing the gospel. And Paul said this to them in Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He says, stand fast in this liberty that's in Christ. Stand fast in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take a stand. Take a stand. How? By faith. That's how we do it. I think of uh, Ephesians chapter 6 where the Bible tells us about putting on the whole armor of God, right? How we put on the whole armor of God. And in there he says stand three times. And I like to think of it as past, present, and future standing. Where he says Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So how is it that we're going to From this day forward, stand against those things that come against us, those spiritual warfare, those uh, thoughts and the the attacks of the enemy. How in the future will you stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ? We stand on the gospel. And that's our our future. And then he says in Ephesians 6.13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil in the evil day. Having done all to stand. And I think of the withstand is right now, currently, in this moment, to withstand. You may be here this morning and experiencing uh, spiritual warfare, some things coming against you, doubts and fears and and all those sort of things coming against you. And how are you going to be able to withstand, withstand in that evil day? 
in the gospel of Jesus Christ, standing on the work and the completed work of Jesus Christ. And then he says, having done all to stand, you know, standing after the victory, after the Lord has helped us, you know, uh, uh, find victory in the struggles and trials of our life, still standing. You say, what is it that we stand on? The gospel. That Christ died for our sins. That He was buried and rose again. And that He is alive and living forevermore. This is the cause. Take a stand. And the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ is what? The gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, not only is it something that we stand on. But again, kind of mixing the same point from Ephesians 1. It's how we're sealed. Sealed. Let's read that passage again just for a second. Ephesians 1. Verse 13 and 14. He says, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed. So you believed, he gave you something. What was it? With the Holy Spirit of promise. This Holy Spirit. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession until the praise of his glory. We have evidence of eternal life. We have evidence of a a future of eternal life. You say, how? He's given us the Holy Spirit, which he said is the earnest of our inheritance. In other words, When we trusted Christ as our Savior, when we received Christ, He redeemed us. He bought us back from the penalty of sin. And He gave us a proof of purchase. He stamped on us. You you talk about a, a seal. He stamped on us, paid in full. And that earnest of our inheritance, that paid in full stamp that our sins have been forgiven, justified, just as if I had sinned, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the proof of our purchase. The Holy Spirit is the evidence that Christ has redeemed us, that we've been bought back from the penalty of sin. The Holy Spirit is. And if we have the Holy Spirit, then we are sealed. You say, for how long? Till the next time I have a bad thought? Till the next time I say a bad thing? Till the next time I have a bad motive? Till the next time I have a bad attitude? You know, till the next thing I, I just do something bad? No. The Bible says, Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit, but we can't lose Him. He says, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. That He has given us hope. That we stand on the gospel. That we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Until the day of redemption. And we don't have to, you know. There's another verse that says that, that as well. In, in 2 Corinthians 1.22. He says, who hath also sealed us and given us. Or given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. The earnest. Meaning, he, he proved. That we are His. That we are sealed. That we are marked. That we are justified. And He's given us the Holy Spirit to prove it. And so the gospel received. That's the message this morning. The gospel 
received. And again, the purpose of it was not to try to complicate the gospel. It was not. But it was to clarify that to receive the gospel is to have evidence of the gospel in our lives. Have you heard it? Well, I know you have because I just preached it. I know you haven't heard that. I do know that. That the gospel of Jesus Christ has been heard. But have you believed it? Have you believed it? Have you opened your ears to hear it and then opened your heart to believe it? And when you open your heart, when your heart and your mouth agree, then you can know that you have eternal life. Why? Because you can receive eternal life. You can receive the Holy Spirit. That you can receive it today. You say, well, how does this happen? It happens right now. By you trusting Christ, by you praying, saying, God, I receive you as my Savior. That my heart and my mind agree that you died for my sins, me personally. That you were buried and that you rose again. You defeated death, showing your power over death. And I believe that. I believe that when I trust in you, and you pay for my sins, that I have eternal life. That I'm going to live forever with Christ because of the gospel. You receive it. And then you're sealed. And you stand in it. This is our assurance. This is our hope. Thank you.
feel free to visit us in Columbus, South Dayton, Ohio.